0: well my name is Terry Frisbee I think most of you know me I've been in Otter Creek a long time we came here in 1981 um, I did not grow up if you don't know I did not grow up in the Church of Christ I grew up in an independent Christian church it was called Beechwood Church of Christ but we weren't it was um, we had choir we had robes we had um, uh, the American flag we had a Christian flag we um, we had the All-Ohio Brass Band on the 4th of July. So, so it was a little different, but we weren't quite as conservative. I got to watch The Wonderful World of Disney and The Wizard of Oz.
1: So you
0: know where I was on Sunday night. So I ended up at Lipscomb accidentally um, I, at Beachwell, this church I grew up in. There was a guy named Craig McNett. And Craig McNett was a doubles tennis player, and he played with a guy named John Tracy, who was a member of the Church of Christ. Craig and John decided they wanted to go to Lipscomb together, and then every Sunday, and I mean every Sunday, Mrs. McNett said, you should go be with Craig at David Lipscomb. So my way of dealing with Mrs. McNett was to apply. (laughs) So I could say, 17 years old, I applied. Mrs. McNett, I've applied. Then the end of baseball season is over. I hope to play in college. Went to my baseball coach, and I said, here's where I've been accepted. Where should I go? And he said, David Lipscomb. Who knew? Um, I didn't make the team, however, but I stayed at Lipscomb and finished there. Met my wife, Paula, if you don't know her. We have three children. We have nine grandchildren. We've lived in Atlanta, Columbus, and but most of the time here in Nashville, um, and attended Otter Creek. That was where our, our real home church has been. All right, got to watch so that I don't sing a song at the end. Um, professionally speaking, it's Nan, yep, Nan's here. Uh, professionally speaking, Doug Smith gave me my first real job. So I joined HCA, I've been in healthcare my entire career in human resources. So I can hire the best and I can fire the best. So um, I've worked in hospitals, i worked in nursing homes, i worked in senior living, retirement living, I've worked in hospice and most recently behavioral health, psychiatric hospitals, uh, but always doing HR. Always dealing with the issues of people. Um, I have been talking to people for 30 some years here at Otter Creek. So I'm gonna keep this limited to the past two years that I wanna share my story. Um, Observations from July of 2021 um, to today. I jo- I got on a weight loss program called noon. And I'm going to brag. I walked. I carried my bag golfing. I lost 30 pounds and I was so proud of myself. Until.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I-, I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> July the 15th? I can wear skinny jeans. As opposed to when I was 11, my mom took me to the Husky Department.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm there.
0: On July the 15th, I was diagnosed with stage 3 bladder cancer. And here's what I want to do. I want to talk about Four, maybe five um, observations, lessons, um, whatever. I've been morbid all my life. I was pretty sure, (laughs) pretty sure I was going to catch cancer. My dad died of it. He had melanoma and cancer of the esophagus. His mom died of it. His sister died of it. So I've been thinking cancer for a long, long time. So the first point I want to make comes off of that, that's what I've been doing. If if you know Lucian Simpson, he he got to talking about cancer with me, and he gave me the name of a book, and the name of the book is The Emperor of All Maladies, and it's the history of cancer. I am not recommending it to you. (laughs) It's yay thick. It's a, it's a Lucian Simpson book. It's got data in it. You would think it's morbid like I have been, but it's not. It's encouraging. They've come up with so many new ways of addressing and winning over cancer. Um, and that's what this is the history of. That it's, it kind of tails off at the end of where they're pointing. Um, And I'll get to that later because I'm on one of those points um, right now. So um, thank you, Lucian, but you don't need to read that book. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So lesson number one, do you remember the movie? um, It has to do with health insurance. Lesson number one is, do you remember the movie When Harry Met Sally? They're sitting in that famous deli in New York City, and someone at one table turns and says, I'll have what she's having. (laughs) I don't need to tell you anymore. (laughs) Um, That's how I think you should pick insurance. I turned 65 years old. I was eligible for Medicare. I knew I was going to get cancer. I, I didn't have it yet, but I just knew it. And so I called a friend of mine that I worked with at Brookdale, and um, his wife had had cancer for over five years, was currently successfully addressing that, um, had done, she'd had, I, I can't even know, she'd had um, melanoma, she'd had breast cancer, she lost a finger. I mean, she was, had been through this. And so I had never heard her husband talk about how much it cost them. I knew those television drugs cost thousands of dollars a month, and so I asked him. I said, "How much is this costing you for for your wife?" And he said, "Really, nothing." I said, "So what? Can, what insurance are you on?" And therefore, I want what he's having. Um, so the way I picked insurance was I Ron Told me what he took, and I went and signed up for everything he had. And the result is, except for deductibles at the first of the year, I'm not paying for all the treatment that I have had. It has been highly successful um, when it comes to me. Now there are other ways to insurance. Get a broker, they'll lay it out for you, they'll show you the deductibles, they'll show you the copays, they'll show you all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you. I was in benefits, and I don't like that stuff. So talk to people. Find out what works. Someone's had what you've had. Go see what they're doing. See what works, what doesn't work. What warnings would they give you? Um, The insurance I have is a little more expensive than I could have to pay if I chose to. But it's worth it. I mean, I didn't know how much I was going to have to pay. The the medication I'm on right now is called Opdivo. It's a television drug. Keep an eye out for it. Um, Fourteen thousand dollars a month. Yeah, and I haven't had to pay for it. It's it's so. Lesson number one: insurance is critically important for critical illnesses. For our age, for so please take care of that. Um, watch for it. Now I'm going to stop in between my lessons and points, and so this is my first pause. If you want to ask a question, you want to talk, you want to say something, I'll give you, we'll take a breath in between. Um,
2: Are you going to tell us what insurance that is?
0: Well, I got Medicare A and B. Um, I did buy a, a humanic a medical a medicine insurance, Part D, and I have Mutual of Omaha for a supplement. So those are the ones I have. And, and I'll tell you a story. I was uh, going, getting ready to go to a hospital for a major procedure, and I called the financial person at the hospital, and I said, I need to, I need to anticipate how much this is going to cost me. And so he was very nice. He said, yeah, I'd be happy to. And then being who I am, um, you know, my name is Linda Giddens. um, I said to him, "Um, I I have a target dollar amount in mind, and it's $11. (laughs) And he chuckled, and he said, well, let me look. And he said, how about zero? So there's, I mean, I I said, "I'll, I'll take it. Um... So insurance is important to help you.
2: What well, uh, about, I was on Humana for a long time, but then I got that notice that Vanderbilt were not taking any more Humana
0: Well, there you go. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah,
2: they they, they, but they
1: changed. That's part C. That's bad. I
0: think that's part C. Medicare, Advantage. that's Medicare Advantage. Anyway, You're on AB, I'm, 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 I'm on AB. Am. I am not a fan of C. They're, they so. no longer
1: take the
0: HMO, yeah, they, they just take
1: PPO. That's part C. Medicare. That's part C. MA is different than Medicare.
0: Part C is an HMO. Um, I have my own opinions of that. So. I always
2: like to, manage but I got some other insurance. You may know Joe Duchart. I do. She probably yeah. gets more. Good. But yeah. I was disappointed yeah. 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 in that and surprised. But
0: insurance
2: companies do that kind of thing?
0: What kind of thing?
2: Well, like we're no longer dealing with... Uh,
1: yes,
0: they do that kind of because thing. Because they, they're, they they're, they're negotiating so prices every year. And if they cannot come to a negotiation, they'll drop them. Um, HCA dropped Blue Cross Blue Shield for two years in a row, and I was the HR person in the company, and I lost Blue Cross Blue Shield. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: uh, either that or I had to give up. Van- I mean, uh, HCA. I mean, yeah. which is a nationwide network. So it's yes, that happens every year.
2: And then it was surprising too to see things like. We're connected with Walgreens. I mean, I just thought insurance is just insurance companies. No, it's it's no, different.
0: It's, it's an annual negotiation for price. So um, the big
1: difference, Medicare Advantage is called narrow networks. So they have selected networks. You can only go to those. Medicare A and B have
2: open networks. And nearly everyone takes Medicare
0: A and B. Somewhere. So if you're Now that number's changing. That is. Well, I know. We're over half are now Advantage. <coughs> so,
2: well, and... I'm
0: just saying, but, but you chose
1: A and B because it's
0: an yeah. open network. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give you an opinion. The C's, the advantage, the advertisers on television that say, oh, I get dental insurance, I get this. I mean, that's the that's C. It's a narrow network, like Dick said, which means it's a fixed number. Doctors are in the, the network, a fixed number of hospitals in the network, and they change. Your doctor will move. Um, it's an HMO, and so it's it's uh, got prescribed number of doctors, prescribed hospitals. It's uh, just that's a limitation. Maybe
2: sometimes that could be a program. We're speaking Okay. Of that would that. be good. That'd be great. It's I health care with Texas retired teachers, and it is excellent. My doctors good. are all in Vanderbilt, and it's covered. I had breast cancer. I had I didn't even have enough to follow it.
0: Great. Like I think that's great.
1: Just just. One option. There, there are winners Works there. Yeah, for me. Yeah, they're, they're,
0: yeah, yeah, I'll take what you <coughs> said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Point. lesson number two. Um, you want a physician team that you can have confidence in. Um, I had a bad start. Um, I had a urologist, a well-qualified urologist, who said to me, I had symptoms, and I'm not going to give you the symptoms. But they were, they were not good symptoms, and so I told my urologist about my symptoms, to which he said, um, well, a little bit of blood can look like a lot of blood. It's probably no big deal, it, you're, and you haven't a large prostate anyway at your age. I said, okay, and I didn't do anything for probably 90 days, and then it was time for my annual physical with my general practitioner. I told my general practitioner the same thing. Told him i had been to this famous person, et cetera, et cetera. He said, well, the typical approach is we get a CT scan done. Let's take a look. <coughs> we took a look. I got diagnosed. So I felt frustrated that I got misdiagnosed. I didn't, I didn't hear everything I should have heard the first visit, that the communication was terrible. In terms of getting appointments, timing, I mean, it was just, um, I got lost in the system. Um, So I fired my doctor. (laughs) So I'm saying to you, it's okay to change doctors. Now I didn't fire him, I ghosted him. (laughs) Don't I sound young? Yeah. Yes? Yeah, I
1: used to be a pharmaceutical rep and I called on a bunch of docs and... One thing I learned was that doctors are like the general population as far as personalities and stuff. They vary, you know, and uh, you can get some that have no personality. And uh, they might be good, but uh, it's always good to have somebody that you can relate to and you can talk to.
0: Yeah, Uh, I had had a... a William Barr is the former attorney general for... The older President Bush, and he was the Attorney General for um, uh, Trump. And he wrote a book, and the name of the book is One Damn Thing After Another. <laughs> um, that was my experience walking through this journey with cancer. I'd go have a, a chemo treatment, I'd end up in the hospital with a kidney infection. I have a chemo treatment. I'd end up in the hospital with kidney infection. I, and it was just a repeated pattern. Finally, Paula and I got to talking. And Paula said, let's quit this. Let's just go to surgery. Drop the chemo. And so I called my surgeon. My surgeon, by the way, is 11 years old. Just
1: so. <laughs> I mean,
0: she's cute as you can be, but she's 11. I mean, um, and so I called her, and I said... Um, I want to stop chemotherapy, and I just want to go to surgery. And she said, that's a reasonable request. I didn't think doctors had those five five
1: words.
0: (laughs) She said, I'll call the oncologist, I'll call urologist, let's talk about it. I'd quit chemo, I wasn't finished, I had two more treatments or so left, went straight to surgery, now I have a team that will talk to me, listen to me, doesn't always agree with me. Um, so so you're looking for that team. And, then, and the way I found it, when I had that frustrating experience with the urologist I told you about, I've talked to my guys I was golfing with, and I said, this has happened to me. And they said, get out of there as fast as possible. And five out of five gave me the name of A urologist, same guy. And so I started over, went to the urologist, found the surgeon, found an oncologist. And I'm not promoting names or people or anything, it's just you need that communication and that network and that relationship that you have confidence in and you feel like they listen to you um, when it when it comes to doctors. Um, My GP listened to me um, my current team listens to me. They don't always uh, agree with me. I'm on a. Told you I was on this Optivo, which is a biologic. It's a immunotherapy drug, um, and I wanted to get off of it because I got really sick one time, and they said no. So it's okay for to say no. But they they modified the dose. We worked something out, so I'm back on it. Um, So it's not that they agree with me. It's that they talk to me um, and that we can work together. So, All right, I'm going to take a pause um, for doctors.
2: So if you're thinking sort of your whole life you are going to end up with cancer, so what did... Like when they told you, when they diagnosed you, were you like shocked?
0: Absolutely. Or,
2: even though you'd been expecting it your whole life.
0: That word just... punches you in the stomach no matter. I mean, it made me cry, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't yeah. even tell you the date I got diagnosed. Right. Um, absolutely. My granddaughter. I'll make it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> My granddaughter is 15 years old. And when I was diagnosed, she said to me... Uh, you do
2: it My
0: granddaughter said, Papa, are you afraid? I said, no. But I dread what I'm going to have to do. That was different to me. I wasn't afraid. I, I mean, I believed in the medicine. I believed in the doctors. I believed in the process. But, but I dreaded having to go through that. Um, she just nodded her head, you know. She's a good kid. Okay. Let's see. All right. So two more points. Maybe three. If it's you that gets cancer, heart disease, whatever it is, a chronic something like after the kidney disease, I mean... Um, if it's you, um, I have some ideas. Stay positive. I mean, as much as you can, stay positive. I have to tell you, Pat Ward sends the funniest cards to encourage you. And she told me that we were going to kick butt for cancer against cancer. You know, it just you need a chuckle. When I first got diagnosed, I went to the bookstore because I love books, and I, I said, I'm going to find me some funny books on cancer. There aren't any. <laughs> there just aren't any. I looked. Um, I found a couple, you know, a young woman in New York City that told about her journey. I mean, there's a few, but there aren't very many out there. So, so stay positive. Look for the silliness in this whole process. You know, when people, we went, uh, I had a, a neph- what's called an nephrostomy tube uh, in the back of my, and it take, they're trying to save the kidney because they had a funny looking something on my kidney. And so I'm wearing this thing and it's making me sick and it's yada, yada, yada. So they made an appointment at a hospital four weeks in advance to take that thing out because it was causing so much trouble. We showed up. We waited four hours before anybody spoke to us. We went up to the desk and we said, is anybody going to come talk to us? To which they said, oh, wait a minute, I'll get somebody to come. An hour later, somebody comes up and talks to us, and what they say to us is, we can't do that procedure at this hospital. Did I miss something? I mean, how silly is that? They invited me to come there. They made the appointment. They they said they didn't have the equipment. I mean, it's just there's just silliness, and you have to look for that silliness along the way. And it's you just there's just silly, funny things, you know, that you can tell your friends and over a glass of wine, you know, and it's it's but it's a journey. It's a journey. Paula said to me this week, said it's a trade off. There's some hard parts, but there's good parts that that's, there's a reason they're doing it. Um, and that's true. It is a, a trade off. Um, even though that sometimes there's a long wait here or a long wait there. But if it's you that's got the chronic, um, look for the silliness. Enjoy it as much as you can. Tell the funny stories to your friends that love you. Um, don't stop living go to dinner, go to lunch, go take, Jim will take you to lunch. (laughs) Um, Sometimes I'll pay. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) I'm telling you, one of my first chemo treatments was an 87-year-old woman sitting across from me was taking her infusion, and her advice to me was Walk. Get up and walk. If you can only walk to the end of your driveway and back, walk to the driveway and back. She says, it's not an endurance test. It's live. It's find a way to get up and do something um, and get out. And it it made me think there's this great Old Testament passage. Moses is crossing the Red Sea. God has parted the sea. And God says to him, what are you waiting for? Go. And look it up. It's in there. So he, he says, good across the river. What are you waiting for? That's, there's my advice about live. Travel. If you can, travel. Go see people. Um, go to lunch. Just keep doing life um, as much as you can. Shop. I mean, those are the things that just use the energy sure. you're got. She's doing that. I know. She's she's starting early, David. Yes, it's okay. My my father-in-law died at the age of 97, 98, 98 years old, and he had a great line, and his and he had heart. He had a hip replacement, he had bones, he had I mean he had all kinds of stuff over and over again and he always said, when I get over this. When I get over this. So he's always looking beyond for I'm going to work out and I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He's 98. I mean, <laughs> but he always had that attitude. And so so if you're the one with the chronic or the severe, get that attitude. When I get over this, when I meet this goal, when I get through chemo, when I get when I get past this, um, kind of an approach. Um
1: it's Been my experience for me is that we all live within our bodies. I know more about my body than yes, any you do. Doctor, any hospital, whatever. You have got to pay attention. And self diagnosed I've never gotten any medical problem that I didn't first tell the doctor I had and they said, we're I'm not, not really sure. Are you really okay? Or and one doctor tell me I
0: need shoulder surgery. I never had a shoulder problem in my life. I said, No, I went to the gym and started working out. I've never had that, that problem. So self
1: diagnosed, you can guess it before now you can I, mean, I treat it but you know it exactly, but you know that something's wrong.
0: So David, I think that's exactly right. And I think you think of the doctor as your partner. Yep. In helping you know more and know what the options are and the path before you. Because uh, they'll give you a path.
1: Yeah, I hope the <coughs> two of you come up with an idea, but
0: yeah. don't just accept a quick diagnosis from somebody who had not lived in your body. Yeah, that's right. I agree. Okay, next point. If it's not you that has the chronic, if it's a friend of yours, um, show up. So there's some don't do things, these are obvious, but remember when you or your friend had your first child, you were expecting, and you were telling people that you were expecting, and someone says to you, oh, My labor took 37
1: hours.
0: (laughs) That's not the person I want you to talk to. You know? It happened to me. I told somebody, said, well, I heard you were sick. And I said, yeah, I've got bladder cancer. And this person says to me, well, I go to my urologist every year. My father taught me that. Like I didn't. (laughs) I mean, help me here, you know? I mean... So if it's not you, be positive. Um, you don't have to have known somebody that had bladder cancer to be encouraging to me. But you can say, I know that they, they're doing great things to get over that. I've read, you know, that there's always a positive message. So, so be an encourager. Um, but don't be afraid to talk to me. I'll tell you whatever I've got going on. I, I don't mind. I, I've lost all my dignity. You need to know that.
1: <laughs>
0: it's been out there. Um, so I'll talk to you. So speak to me. Talk to me. Um, we can we can share about it. Um, I won't tell you the details. I won't embarrass you. I won't do all that. But. Even if you're not sure what to say, be encouraging, be positive, um, Uh (laughs) (laughs) this is my golfing
1: buddies.
0: (laughs) Uh, They came out of the woodwork. You know, these are golfers, they tell the truth half the time. These, these guys are hugging me these guys are saying they'll pray I didn't know they prayed
1: <laughs> they're saying
0: they'll pray for me I mean it was great um, absolutely great so 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 be an encourager um, talk but talk to me take me to lunch see me I mean those are the kinds of things I would encourage you if it's not you if it's somebody else Um Okay, I've got about six minutes. Um, So where is God in all this? Carol gave me instructions that I had to mention God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll tell you where he is. Um, My journey of faith has brought me, the closest I can describe for you is I'm a Presbyterian in sheep's clothing. Um, I am... I've come to the place and I'm very comfortable with what you would call the reformed thought. And here's what I would define that as. Um, One is, I believe, I'm confessional. The Church of Christ does we know what we don't believe. We know we're not Baptists. We know we're never gonna be Catholic. We know we're not this, we're not this, we're not this, we're not evangelical, we're not whatever that list says but we don't know what we do believe. We just don't. So I'm confessional in the sense that I think I can name for you what I believe. I believe God created everything seen and unseen. And that He is taking care of it and keeping it until a new heaven and a new earth appear. I think I'm Trinitarian, which means there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit book of Hebrews tells us clearly, I can pray directly to God the Father. Amen. And I've got Jesus standing beside Him, interceding for me. And the Holy Spirit in me, giving me the words that I should pray. So I'm, I'm Trinitarian in my faith. Um, I'm also spiritual. Paul has this darn line in one of his letters that says, Do not prohibit speaking in tongues. Now, I've never spoken in tongues. Let's start there. But I can't say you can't. It's real. I can't tell you there aren't angels. Because they're all over the place. I can't tell you that Philip didn't appear and disappear and reappear. It happened. Um, So I'm spiritual in the sense that I'm not just... um, I can't just give you a list of what I think. I think there's a reality there. That is, um, I think when you take communion, something happens. God is present. When you are baptized, something happens. God does something on your behalf. Um, So in my journey, I think God never left me. That's what I think. I got a couple of books, as you would guess, about um, how to pray through cancer. And they were helpful. Most of them were not written for me. But they were helpful. Um, Always reaffirming that God is real and He's there. I got a... Who's our, who's our guy in Texas that writes a thousand books? I've got a Max Lucado book, uh, daily reading, that was very helpful. Um, just to remind me, though, that God is real. Um, there will be a new heaven and a new earth um, when He brings all things together. Um, and He is all sitting on the throne. And so there's a comfort there. That's why I can say to my granddaughter, I'm not afraid. I'm dreading it. But I'm not afraid. All right, let me pause. Not bad. (laughs) (laughs) David. Do you have more material? No, I don't. I, well, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> so just a question. You may not be prepared for this. or want to answer, but most of us have markers in our lives before and after a certain events, which you're communicating here. But what in your perspective or faith or view toward God has changed the most in your before and after experience? Is that uh, yeah, I can. I, I, yeah, that's no, that's good.
1: It, you know, it's kind of
0: this,
1: prepared. That's no,
0: I'm not prepared. Okay. Um, I read a little book in 1970. I was in Worcester, Ohio, the coldest place on earth. Mm-hmm. And the, the book, I, I will not recommend this book, um, but it was about the second coming of Christ. Um, it was dispensational and premillennial, if you like the big words. Um, and I became that. But because for the first time, I believed God was real. That He was present and He was coming. Um, now, He had all kinds of stuff about what was going to happen in Israel and the Russians and all this stuff that I don't buy. But, but um, for the first time, God was real. God was real for the first time in my diagnosis, but differently. Um, a depend- more dependence. I prayed more. I've got a journal sitting back here. And my journal um, has your names in it. And I go through them every morning for people, other people who have cancer, for other people who have a son who has surgery going on. I mean, all those kinds of things. So I have become more of a prayer. I, have, I pray for myself too, just so you know. I found a prayer, by the way. I found the prayer of Hezekiah. Do you remember him? He was a king. <laughs> the prophet came in and he said, Get your stuff in order, you're going home, but um, and then he did what? He turned to the wall and he prayed. And he, how many did you get? Ten, Ten or fifteen. I thought it was 15. fifteen. Yeah. So he got fifteen more years. And um, and he asked for a sign. And the sign was the shadow on the steps went backwards. That was the shrinkage of a tumor. So, all that to say, I pray more than I ever did before. <laughs> I had had prayers before, but this this is very real and very personal. I've got Troy Smith on there. I mean, I got lists. Yeah, I got lists of people. Then I know needed and. Um,
2: there's too much for me to even ask about Troy. He is, number one, he's lost his voice. He can't say anything. But he's never wanted anybody to seem like giving him any encouragement. I mean, he's just kind of like, let me say that. Or, you know, he just doesn't. It's really hard to deal with him. Matt Miller's his doctor. He admitted he's pretty stubborn. Um, but. Just the art conversation. But anyway, I, I don't know what to ask. I just, but I'm encouraged by what you said. Just
0: keep trying to be positive and encouraging. Yep. That's, that's one of the lessons. I mean, I know you all don't listen to Pink, but Pink is a singer, and she has a song that says, all that I've learned so far.
2: But I'd like to ask you to say one thing that, so we all, probably many, many of us grew up in the Church of Christ, but we, we ain't never heard of the new heaven and the new earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know it's in the book, right? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> the first time I ever heard it in the Church of Christ was when the document about our beliefs was read. I don't know who was pastor then but and it's and you wrote it i did and it said we believe in a new heaven and a new earth and i'm like well where would that come from (laughs) (laughs) and so now tim's preaching i mean not tim but josh and he's the only other one so i wish somehow or we could have a class i don't know if anybody else is in the same boat but i mean suddenly it's all about the new heaven and new earth and i remember catherine her daughter led a communion service and she said this is news to me because I don't really... I want to go to
0: heaven. You know, so I think there's a lot of confusion about all that. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, my time has expired. Pray with me. Lord God Almighty, keep us healthy, stay close to us, walk with us, and never be far from us. We trust in You and depend on You, and we pray through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you.